Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on back to episode 17 of Mind Your Popcorn. I am one of your three hosts, Ricky Uniac. I'm Chuck Clark. Dan Street back here. And fellas, how are we doing this evening? Hot. Yeah, it's, it's the hot episode. You don't say. <laughs> Ricky lost his AC. I'm in the garage. Chuck was in the sun all day. <laughs> I just finished nine holes of golf. Yeah. And it was like 94 degrees was the high today. And the heat index was in the triple digits. So. But do you have air conditioning? I do, but it's not on right now because the fan is literally be right behind my face right now. Oh, and man. Okay. All right, He's suffering all with Chuck us. is in solidarity suffering with us and i love it you know so i was telling the guys on the pre-show that my ac um unit in my parents house went out saturday afternoon sunday happened to be the hottest day so far for ohio and um i guess what a combined 72 hours now with no ac has gotten me real um acclimated to cold showers do either of you gentlemen take cold showers Not as often as I supposedly should. Supposedly should. Apparently, it's recommended that you take cold showers like once a week or something like that. Hmm. I, not, a, I don't know if it's that that number, but something. Oh, like I'm that. a once a weeker. I at least take one cold shower a week, if not two. I threw 134 pitches on Saturday in like 95 degree heat. 32 minute cold shower. It might be my record. <laughs> 32 minutes yeah it was it was just it was almost like swimming it was it was <sighs> phenomenal so you're very much taking cold showers because uh you're you're warm you, you just played some baseball or some golf and you do it to cool down um which has been the reason i started doing it because you know the whole ac going out and everything however i don't know if i'm ever going to go back to warm showers i'm gonna be honest uh cold showers are tough they're not fun in the beginning but once you get like comfortable in that with that temp it it's an adrenaline rush you almost get like a little like you kind of get addicted to it a little bit at least that's how i feel ricky's made some bold statements in the last two weeks chuck world of the worlds is steven spielberg at his best and okay. cold showers are now replacing warm showers i'm i'm not so sure which one's more egregious both of those are personal preferences <laughs> neither of them were said as facts so i will not be held accountable for 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 any of that but um but yeah it is uh i think it's cold showers for me from here on out but anyway the ac gets working again chuck no, I'm 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 sticking with this, man. Even in the winter, I'm telling you, it's gonna be it's gonna be December. The December's in Cleveland are very very cold. Still gonna be a cold shower, man. We'll 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 check back in in December, and and see where I stand on this. So I'm pretty confident. I'm sticking with this all the way through. Yeah. <sighs> well, as I wipe the sweat from my eyebrow, gentlemen, we watched a movie this last week. We did a Quiet Place Two, which was originally supposed to come out in September of 2020. Got pushed March around. of 2020. Yeah, it was March. I thought it was always. I thought it was September. For it some was. Reason. I I think, again, we'll just say major release. I think it was the very first major release delayed. Release delayed due to COVID. If I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, and this last 15 months have been very very fuzzy, so I might be remembering this wrong. I remember it was supposed to release in March, and it got pushed back to May. And then, like, August, and then inevitably they were like, screw it, we're doing March of 2021, and then it got delayed again until June. So Yeah, that's that's relatively correct. I have no idea the actual – you know, they, they when you move five months, it was five different months. I don't remember exactly what it was. Chuck, do you have the exact dates? Is that what you're looking up? Yes. So here's what happened. It actually had a premiere on March 8th, 2020. Yeah, so it premiered. It even premiered. Oh, man. In, in New York City. <laughs> and then the pandemic hit, like, the two days after that. Yeah. <laughs> could, you, could, you, could you imagine being the people that saw that screen and they're like, I guess we got to hold this for an indisclosed <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> no, no so spoiler. it was originally set for March 20th, 2020. Okay, yeah. Then they pushed it to May 15th. Then September 4th. And then they just said, 
2021 at some point. (laughs) They got smart with it. They're like, we're sick of we're sick of picking a month. September is when everybody in the film industry said, yeah, yeah, we're done. We're done putting any dates on anything. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm glad that they didn't go the. um, I don't know what you want to call it. I'm glad they didn't release this. Yeah, on on streaming services, because this was a movie that I think was meant for a theater. That sounds cliche and kind of stupid, but very much so. I think this this worked best in a movie theater environment, Um, because I know I actually just watched part one. So the uh, quiet place with my mom last night and um, with like the fan going on in the background and dogs and everything, you weren't able to fully kind of get immersed um in into that world so and the first the, the, the two movies are they have the same exact use of sound and all that stuff so um but do a little bit of review discussion do we want to go through a quick plot breakdown really quick well I'd first say, we should probably give the caca, caca. yes well, i was alert. gonna say even caca. before the sport even before the caca do we want to do recommendation then caca breakdown well, the call's already been given, so... Yeah, well, then we're done. We <laughs> can't done. take it back at this that's point. Right, we that's can right. still give recommendations, but... Yeah, that's... T- we can give a final call. I'll give a final one. Uh, uh, we, we can't mess with the call. The call's been given. Yeah. We, we, we've moved forward. We are we in a spoiler... Just spoiler recommendations. It is what it is. We're, we're in a spoiler zone now. Um, so I can... If we're doing recommendations, um, I'll start it off here. Um, without... Going into the specifics of what I liked and what I didn't like yet, this is a big recommendation on my part. Um, especially if you know you were a fan of the first one, and I didn't come across many people who didn't like the first one. So this is a big recommend uh, for me. Same here. Uh, if you love, it's you know, same but more. That's that's what the sequel is, and I I enjoyed the first one, so I enjoyed this one. So same for me. Recommendation. Hard recommend on this side as well. We're gonna be in agreement on this. Um, and can I can I say emphatically, one hour thirty seven minutes is the <laughs> runtime of this movie. You can make a fantastic movie, guys, in under a hundred in about a hundred minutes. We've reviewed how many movies have we reviewed over. 150 minutes on this podcast and it's like not every movie needs to be an epic guys yeah um i mean the two that come off the you know off the top of my head are both the Zack snyder films that we've reviewed that is what i was alluding to <laughs> even, <laughs> I was even all the indie you know tight blockbuster 100 minutes you can it can it can be as good as you want it to be yeah i i totally agree i I enjoyed the um, I, I enjoyed the pacing of the movie, um, and we'll we'll get into a, a plot breakdown here um, very soon. But going from Army of the Dead, which again I was a fan of, and then seeing this, I'm like, oh yeah, this is how a movie's supposed to be paced. So that was that was kind of nice. I don't want to retract too much of what I ha- said about Army of the Dead, but um, yeah, it, comparing the two, this is. This just worked and it felt good and I never was bored like, oh, my God, how long, you know, how how much more of this do we have? So, no, you're totally right, Dan. Absolutely. Yeah. Do do we want to move through the plot? And I think the way we have learned to move the best through the plot, I think, on these movies is Chuck starts rolling through it. Yes. And then we just we cut in whenever we, we need to address something, you know, if you're okay with that, Chuck, if you're okay with being our, our plot dude, where we go through. Yeah. That's fine. All right. <clears throat> so the movie opens, uh, pretty normal day in some small town, presumably in new England, based on the radio broadcast of a Red Sox game in the, that is noted in at one point, but, mm-hmm. uh, John Krasinski and the family are there. Uh, the middle um, kid, the son, is playing at a baseball game. This is where we're introduced to Killian Murphy's character, who we'll meet again. And if you've seen any trailer, you've seen him. So, boom. Um, yeah, but, that was that was fairly obvious, right? It's like, oh, there's another major actor sitting 
one row above. I wonder if he's going to show back up. Yeah. Um, but him and uh, John Krasinski's character have a conversation. They're clearly on at least knowledgeable terms, friendly terms, not not, you know, best friends or anything necessarily, but they're close. Um, this, this strikes me as one of those small towns where everyone just happens to know each other, you know, like m- maybe a couple thousand people in the town, if that. So, yeah, I, I got the same vibe. Yeah, when yes. he pulled up in the truck, the like the very first shot of the movie. I wasn't sure if the town had already been, you know, taken over because mm-hmm. no one is moving. Nothing is happening. And then he pulls in and starts, OK, no, we're, we're back before time still, at least momentarily. Yeah. Uh, he walks through the convenience store that if you've seen the first movie is where they're kind of going to get supplies all the time. Um, By the way, when they passed the shot of the space shuttle toy, I was just like, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh man, like yikes, dude! Right in the field. Right <laughs> Which brings me to an interesting question I wanted to have you two, because we all saw this in the theater, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I I had about twenty twenty five people probably with me, something like that. Earlier, I just saw this today, by the way. Um, and I want to say I'm the only one, at least I could audibly hear, had any reaction to that. I don't know what your uh, crowd like noises and levels were when you saw this. Um, I saw this at 2 p.m. the Sunday before Memorial Day. So there was like three other people in the theater. Um, however, the friend that I was with, we both sort of did like a oh when we saw that. So, um, yeah, we picked up on it. I was in a theater with probably about 15, 20 people in it. Uh, not an audible uh, mm-hmm. Oof, but I didn't give an audible oof. I just tightened up. I just, my whole body <laughs> contracted and constricted yep. <laughs> into like a things uh, got real tight. <laughs> oh yeah, I was planking. Oh. I was planking in midair. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, Chuck um, watches his movies in midair. We need to learn yeah, about yeah. this. Oh. No, <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't. I think I'm But anyways, I was interested uh, to hear our movie experiences for it. Yeah. So anyways, so they're at the baseball game, which is where the whole town is, because that's why it's quiet on Main Street. And uh, while John Krasinski is in the story, he saw a television news report about some fire explosion in Singapore. Not really, you know, they we know what it is, but they're just like, yeah, I don't know what it is. A bomb, Uh, I suppose. Can I interject here really quick? Because this this is so silly when he's at that little store, you know, the little mart. And there, the, the the guy who presumably is a store owner is like just watching the TV and not helping whoever's in line. John Krasinski's just like, "Hey, dude, I gotta go." He like points at the bag, and the guy's like, "Yeah, take all that stuff for free. I don't need money." Like, you know, did that not strike you as weird? I think it was just it reinforced the everybody knows each other terms yeah. and like, he's like, "Oh, like, I'll get you next time." Right, yeah. right, right. He's okay. a trusted member of this community, even more than other people. It feels like. Yeah, my first instinct was like, yo, that's a small business. Don't steal. But no, what you guys say makes a lot more sense. When you head nod the owner, it's not stealing, Ricky. I guess. (laughs) It was just weird. He's like, yo, I really got to go. Can I have all this stuff for free? And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. You're taking oranges to the kids. (laughs) Okay, yeah, you know, that (laughs) is what he was getting. Yeah, okay, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, they're at the baseball game. We get some conversation between Krasinski and – Cillian Murphy, Killian Murphy, as well as Killian Murphy and uh, the deaf daughter of John Krasinski. Um, uh, and then when the Krasinski's kid is up to bat, you know, you think, oh, my God, this is going to be a moment. And he gets one strike looking. Uh, and then the and then the second strike looking as well, because there's a giant flaming ball falling in the sky. And you're like, oh, no. And then everyone's sort of like, well, time to go. It's over. And they're like, yeah, there's just the casual. All right. Game's game's over, guys. Everybody <laughs> move forward. Yeah. Everyone's just sort of like, uh, I guess we're leaving now. Uh, no, you know, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Everything's kind of everyone's like kind of trying to get out. They're like, everyone's, you know, and then the police officers shows up and he's like, I don't know what's going on. Bam. <laughs> alien comes in starts marking people left and right and then you get this crazy shot of john krasinski who almost was like 
it he reacted so fast that I I believe he expected this to happen because he goes from talking this police officer to a dead sprint like you know like four two forty sprinting away and I'm just saying if your football team is in need of a tight end you should probably call John Krasinski because my man's as tall and he can move. He directed yeah. the movie. He, he really runs a four six, but he shot himself in a four two. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but you were correct in that. Yeah, he. It, as Chuck, the murking of the police car sends everyone to a complete panic, you yeah. know, and, and Krasinski being one of them headed back to his, like, the worst truck ever. <laughs> yeah, and you also get this cool sequence where the alien or an alien is in the bus and Emily Blunt is, like, backing up in the truck as it's coming toward her. And it's yep. all shot like one take. And I was like, oh, which, yeah, of the- course, you know, they're going to survive. But, like, still, you're just like, oh crap the in-car filmmaking in this movie is there's like three scenes or something like that and that's the best one is so well done you're you're mm-hmm. like you said chuck we've seen all of these people in the next the, the previous movie in the future that they're all surviving we know they make mm-hmm. it through whatever this day one encounter is my nuts were in my throat the yeah. entire time <laughs> because it was it was that well made it was good it was good i was a big fan of the opening yeah. Um, you also get like a scene where they're uh, John Krasinski, the deaf girl are ca- kind of cowering in this little restaurant and everyone's in there and they're all trying to be quiet as the alien walks through. And then somebody's phone rings and it just comes in and yep. man, you know, it, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, that is something that totally would happen, you know, on day one. You forget that your phone's on ringer. You're all hiding. Boom, your mom calls you, and then you're dead. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, that that was such a good scene. The only yeah. problem with that scene is only one phone rang, and 27 well, phones would have rang, you know. Or, well, the other thing is that it was the girl who was earlier trying to call someone. Yep. Oh, I missed and, that. And it, it works really well in the narrative. Yes, it like it's, it's this is well made. This is thought out of. Every decision in this movie was thought of before, mm-hmm. and that's why her phone rings, because she was attempting to reach somebody else, and we had seen that previous uh, uh, acknowledgement. But then, as uh, Chuck said, chaos from there. Yeah. Yep. Um, then we kind of cut after a really intense, like, the, we see the police officer survive, tries to shoot the alien. We know it doesn't work. Um and then we cut, and it's 435 some odd days later. So it's a year and some change, a year and a couple months, three or four months later. And we wait, and we are in the aftermath of Quiet Place 1. We get as, – Yeah, as I would like to call it, Chuck, one movie later, we, we cut to. <laughs> wait, are, okay, are we not exactly where the first movie left off, like moments after – that because they're wearing the same clothes. Because yes. I just watched part one. They are wearing the same outfits they were at the end of part one, coming up from the basement of the actual house where part one ended. So are we to believe that this is like moments after she, you know, at the end of part one where they're like looking at the, the all the cameras, they see all the other creatures running in after she just blows the one she blows the one's head off. Like, yeah. I thought that we were picking up right where we left off. Pretty much. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I I I forgot about all of the monsters coming in. Might be a small inconsistency in the fact that they're not getting trampled by them or whatever. Well, you know, if you were well, part I, one ended with with the daughter throwing her um, hearing aid up against the the like the, the, the radio, so they were they were broadcasting, yeah. so that might have scared them away. Okay, fair enough. Good. I'm glad you. Good job, Ricky. I'm happy no with problem. that explanation. Yeah. I'm here for. So, anyways. They start making the trek with the newborn baby. Um, they reach this little, what looks to be a former factory. Um, they set off a trap that alerts a, uh, you know, creature. We see, we start seeing them through a gun scope. We know someone's looking at them. And as they're running, uh, the boy gets uh, his leg by a bear trap. I don't know. Oh. 
uh, Maul, like, it's just right into his leg, and he starts screaming. Dude, that scream, when he let out that scream, I felt that as much as I could, you know, from the movie theater. That sent chills up my back. That was so brutal. The sound it made when the trap closed. And then you see the realization, like, hitting his face when he realized what had happened. Oh, my God, that was that was brutal. Yeah. Oh, it, it's like it's the surprise of something happening like that being tripped. And then then the pain comes rushing in. Yeah. And he couldn't he can't control it. And Emily Blunt, his mom is there just trying to stifle whatever sound she can while still trying to be consoling to him. Because, oh, yeah, you just got your ankle caught in a bear trap. I understand. I understand that. <laughs> but we're all going to die. If, you know, if we can't figure <sighs> this out. Um yeah, you, buddy, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta man up. Did no, at any point did, did you guys think she was going to leave him because she would, no. she would have had to? No. It crossed my mind for a second. So I'm like, damn, like I don't blame this kid for not being able to keep quiet, but he's gonna get them all killed. I, I watched her it. step on. I watched her step on a nail, pregnant, and almost do nothing. No, okay. that that lady is ready for whatever comes at her. That's true. Okay. So anyways, at this point, we see a creature coming at them, and the deaf girl pulls her hearing aid, does her little trick, and they shoot the alien, which the guy walking through through the scope is like, what? Um, he doesn't obviously say anything, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> he might have. We don't know. <laughs> the only movie you might need to actually point that out at. Yeah. Because you know, like many movies, all right, whatever, that wouldn't have mattered. Today, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, he uh, – eventually they kind of make their way through the factory, and he helps them into his little hiding hole, which is kind of down in the under part of the factory in these little cast iron tubes. Yeah. Um, Smelting little, chambers or whatever you want to call them. You know? Yeah. And that's where we realize it's it's Killian Murphy and, you know, they yep. basically start having – they can have a little bit of conversation because where they're sitting at is so far below, the, the creatures can't really hear them. Yep. And the only little bit of reference that is needed, I think, is uh, John Krasinski in the first movie and I think then his daughter obviously afterwards kept lighting fires on the top of their yeah. – uh, Stack, whatever silo, it was. A, silo or water tower, whatever it was, and they saw another fire in the distance, lit on top of whatever this factory is, whatever it was, and then that—that's how they—that's what led them to this place, and they find out, as I think Chuck was about to get to, it is old Red Sox fan Killian Murphy that has been the man there. Yep. Um. So Emily Blunt's like. Yo, we need to stay here. I've got a baby. And he's like, nah, fam, can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. I don't got the supplies to keep you alive. Can't do it. So she's like, come on, please, please, please. And he's like, you can spend the night. But after that, you got to go. Um, now, uh, the boy is like recovering. His, they're trying to heal his leg. Um, and he hears a radio broadcast and hears the song Beyond the Sea by Bobby Darren. It's a fantastic band. song. Yes. Fantastic. Um, and the deaf mm. girl basically interprets this to be a message for, that people are like going are beyond the sea. They're on like this island where this um, radio station is, which she finds on a map. Killian Murphy's like, you're dumb. That's just a random song. That's not it. And she will not take no for an answer. Yep. So, so the next day, she just decides to up and leave. She's like, I'm going on this trek, come hell or high water. Bye. So, so for a little perspective here, if we're to believe that this movie takes place, like, like picks up right where part one left off, she's maybe only 24 hours removed from her picking up and leaving in part one. After her dad won't take her, you know, to like he, John Krasinski takes his son to that waterfall in part one and she's pissed because she can't go with him. So she packs up her shit in part one and leaves then too. And now a mere 24 hours later, 
You know, like she's like, I'm going to do it again because people are pissing me off. I'm like, wow, what, what a way to deal with things. It's a difference of purpose, Ricky. It, no, you're 100% right, yes. She leaves in the first movie out of anger, vindiction. This one's with a purpose to save and, I don't know. To at least feel, try. Yeah, feel like her dad. You know, I don't want to say feel like her dad, but to accomplish something, you know. Well, she signed something. People. She signed something to Killian where she's like, you are nothing like my dad. Because, like, Killian's made it obvious that he's not, he, he's not about this. He's like, I'm staying here. You guys need to leave. I don't care. He says there's no one out there worth saving. Yep. Yeah, it should also and, be noted that Killian has implied that his wife and child have also died. Yes. Yeah, yeah his, it, only his, th- three months prior. Like, they're like, kind of fresh still. The way I, t- I thought his two sons died on, like, day one or what, like that they, they went. And then his wife had just died 11, 12 weeks earlier. I think you're right. I know at least he said one of his sons died on day one. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, uh, know, I didn't know if he had one or two. And he only had a baseball player. Or I thought he had a kid in the stands. And I assumed someone was playing. Otherwise, yeah. why the hell is he doing there? Right. But, uh, that's beside the point. That's not but, superfluous. So before we get back to the plot, I think at this point, I, I had then realized that um, Millicent Simmons, the actress who plays the daughter, is very much the lead of this movie. That's when I sort of got that vibe. I'm like, okay, she's she's graduated up, you know, in 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 her role. To me, she felt like the lead. I would agree. Yeah, if if you had to if you had to name a lead, I would yeah. name her. But there's three three ish. Yeah. Well, it'd be her, Killian. I mean, because you kind of get. The second half of the movie, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but I do like kind of addressing what you're doing, Ricky. Before we get back into the plot, just where were we at this moment? How are yeah. we feeling at this moment? And where she takes off, and I'm like, she's right. Like, yeah. she's going to do the thing that, like, would take the next step in the story progress, you know, and what the world needs to do. But – Ain't no way in hell she's gonna make it out there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I very much felt like again it was the right thing to do. You have to do something. Um, but I was like, okay, this is obviously. I, I sort of started to see what was going to happen here. I'm like, all right, they're gonna notice she's missing. Someone's gonna have to go after her. Kind of. Well, they didn't do it in the first one, but um, it, it kind of drew that parallel from the first movie a bit. I want to hear. I want to hear what Chuck has to say. He's he's ready to ready to go over there. Um, I was like, definitely like, yo, I get it, but you're gonna need to back up, girl. Like, what yeah. the heck? <laughs> like, come on, you are not making it across a chasm of water by yourself, or not a chasm, but like a body of water of some <laughs> yeah. sort. Like, this is not gonna. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so also, uh, I think another thing I want to point out is that she basically wants to use the radio station to like send a signal to kill or at least harm all the creatures. That's right. her theory. Oh, I think I missed that. I thought she oh, was no, just yeah. looking for a safe haven. No, she mentioned that beyond the sea is being like broadcasted out. So that if she, she kind of. And I don't want to say mine because she also talks like half the time when she talks. Yeah. Um. But that put the ear, her earpiece up to the microphone and broadcast that it could save everyone. Oh. That that was she. That's her her mindset going out. Okay. Because she was just gonna save them. She just you know taking everybody. I feel like this was her little mission. I must have been munching on some popcorn at that part. I think that totally went over my head. It's when she's talking to the little brother about, like, why she wants to go and do it. Okay, all right, yeah, this come back to me now. Yeah. And the little safe. Yeah. So, anyways, um, the next morning, they discover her gone, and Emily Blunt's like, Killian, (laughs) I have a baby. You gotta go get her. My husband would tell you that she's the type of girl you gotta save Please, please, please. So he's like, fine. So 
That that was the first line though of the entire movie where I kind of sat down in my chair a little bit and went, ooh, that that mm-hmm. my, my goosebumps went up a little bit. That you know, he'd tell you she's the type of person worth saving. Yeah. You know, the way Emily Bunt delivered that line. By the way, Emily Bunt phenomenal in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, just unbelievable. Really, it put volumes above even the writing the way she did it. I was like, okay. Goosebumps. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Agreed. Let's go. Yeah. So anyways, the next sequence we get is Millicent Simmons, the deaf girl, um, finds a train station um, and kind of starts looking for, like, some supplies and finds a first aid kit. Little does she know that she's uh, made some noise and attracted a alien, which she is trapped in a train car with and barely makes it out alive with the help of Killian Murphy. This Uh, is going to be my first demerit on the movie. And demerit's too strong. I didn't, this was incredibly predictable. Exactly what was going to happen in these 12 minutes of this movie or whatever it was. It's not a bad scene, but you're like, okay, She's going to get in trouble, can't handle it herself. Here comes Killian Murphy. It's okay. That's where we need to go. But it was pretty pretty obvious. One thing I'll say about this movie up to this point is I think that um, what this movie had done better than part one was the use of put, like putting you into Millicent Simmons' like perspective. Like they the, the way they worked the sound, they did it a couple times in part one, but they did it a lot more in part two in it worked like they kind of deafen out all the sound you i mean what you're hearing is so minimal but then they have that blurred background of what you're seeing behind her as she's scavenging through that train car you're like holy shit one of these creatures made it in here so i was a big fan of how they were able to do that more in part two than part one um and i even though this scene was a bit predictable i think i was so just caught up in like wow okay this sound editing is really really awesome yeah. Um, at the train station, uh, Killian's basically like, we're going back. She's like, no, I'm going forward. I'm doing this. We got to do this. Uh, they fall asleep. And when she wakes up, she thinks he's alone. And then Killian's like, JK, we're going together. Fine. We're going together. Meanwhile, back at the I get, ranch. I get a, a bit <laughs> odd. What, what was what was this? It, it's emotional. It, it brings you in. But like the whole scene of her. It works on her character level. I have it, it. I felt it to where, you know, she had thought she'd been abandoned. Her life was over and mm-hmm. everything had been taken from her. And she just breaks down and, and is just sobbing. And then just, you know, corner of the frame. Oh, there he is. We're OK. I found a boat. It, it works enough. I have no problem. It works in the movie. It's fine. I'm just like, it's weird styling here. For a second there, I thought he did. I thought he took her shit and left her. And I was like, he's going to go back and say that she's dead. Sorry. And now Killian's going to be like this bad guy in the movie. So it got me. I was like, I don't know if this dude's still here or not. But I'm glad he was because I like Killian Murphy. I didn't want to end up hating him throughout the movie. So, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, back at the ranch, uh, Emily Blunt is basically explaining to the the older boy about the infant. So they have like an oxygen tank um, that they're kind of using to help the baby breathe in this little box of a carriage. Yeah. I don't, uh, it's, a, it's, the same, it's the same box from the, the mm-hmm. first movie. It's, yeah, a, right. it's a silent box. It's right. to keep him breathing in there while keeping him quiet as hell because that's necessary in this world. So she's got to go out, do some light shopping, for, you know, some medicine for his foot and these oxygen tanks as well. Um, so she basically says, I'm going to do that. Keep it chill in here. You know how to do this. Um, this is where the movie is going to be impossible for you to do plot wise, Chuck, because we break into three different stories. Uh, that all happened simultaneously, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So let's just stick with Millicent and right. Killian for now, because um, they're the main two. Um, so Killian says he finds a boat. They get down to the shipyard, and while they're there, they kind of are like, wait, something's here. And then it's like a little girl. Oh, look at that little girl. She's trapped. Oh, psych. Uh, she throws a bunch of chains and noisemakers basically on Killian and like traps him there. And a bunch of people just kind of slide out and are like basically start robbing them. Yeah, this is obviously a home base for the type of people Killian Murphy. I have no idea his character. Eventually, we'll figure out his character name. We're going to keep calling him Killian Murphy. Um, and your names. I'm just You really know any of the names. I know. Ricky, you're breaking up a little yeah, we're, bit. Yeah, we're losing Ricky here a little bit. I, was, um, but I, will say, I am looking ahead. up uh, on the old wiki. Wikipedia. Or something like that. Emmett. With an H? Emmett. Jesus. Um, but <laughs> anyway, um, he, like, they don't notice it, in, like, directly at the moment. But, he, Chuck, when you saw, and Ricky, if you can hear us or what's going on, the very moment that in that first day one scene, uh, John Krasinski taught him little the little dive. Yeah, you know, it's like that's that's obviously coming back later at some point. I, I'm wondering to see when it'll happen. And uh, I didn't use it well enough, you know, because as Chuck was saying, we're I, I mean captured by these people um, who are. Oh, this is my original point. The, the people that capture them are thinking about taking them on the docks or the people Killian Murphy was alluding to when he said no one can be saved. These are just survivors of this awful world and will do whatever they have to to, to, to take control. And uh, these two do what they have to to get away, I guess. This is not my strongest scene in this movie either. They just kind of dive in the water and make noise. And luckily the aliens kill enough people i don't know how else would you describe that scene chuck yeah basically killian alerts all the uh aliens to come and dives in the water with um millicent's hiding millicent's deaf um hearing aid thing um, yes that was good yes um and that's where they also we also discovered the aliens can't swim yes but he, I mean, he jumps in the water with a, like a, not a, a knot around his neck and is drowning in the water for three minutes, jumping back up until the alien eventually, I mean, just what disintegrates the other, just kills the other dude. And he is eventually let free. Yeah. Um, it's fine. I don't mind. It moves what we need to do move. Like it, it gets us where we need to go. There's a bit odd. I thought but, it was good. I mean, like, I don't know what else. If they just got to where they were going, that just wouldn't be much of a horror movie. No, I just a thousand times he had a knife in his hand. I'm like, just just cut the rope above you. Like you you you're connected. Just cut the rope. It's right above you. You have a knife in your hand. Oh, Again, that's. I don't want to bog this movie down with semantics because it doesn't deserve that. I I, I apologize for it. It's a good movie. I like it's tight. It's it, every once in a while I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Come on, stop. I didn't think he had a knife in his hand. He absolutely had a knife in his hand. This might be me watching it three hours ago. You know, he's like he definitely had a he had a knife in his hand that he could cut a rope with. Um, but you're surviving. You're trying to get your breath. You're just doing everything you can to get your you know hands under your neck. But hey, he he. Absolutely had a knife in his hand. I think, yeah, he stabbed the other dude in the leg with it before he uh, jumped in the water. Uh, the dude, he wrapped around the pole with the other chain, the, the leader of these weird, decrepit uh, dock people. But. Uh, hello? Ricky, I can barely, we can barely hear you. Yeah, you're, you're cutting very much in and out. Might need to do the old hang up and come back in trick. Yeah. Um, I was worried it was me in the garage, but 
Chuck seems to be hearing me just fine. Yeah. Um, so but we and, have we have other plot lines that happen literally at the exact same time as this, you know. Yeah. That are. I just want to. I'll touch. Well, hopefully, while Ricky gets back in here, Chuck, I'm gonna. The editing in this sequence makes it all super exciting. The way that they're able to that entire sequence we just went through with, um, oh, Melissa, Melissa, what? Sorry, and, and Killian Murphy. Millicent um, Simmons. Millicent Simmons and Killian Murphy. Those are the actor names, not the character names. Can't remember their character, their character names. Um, happened simultaneously with two other fairly important and exciting scenes. I'm going to start with Emily Blunt, where she, as you alluded to, is out getting supplies. Um, grocery run in the comedic terms, but actually getting the medical supplies they need because um, the boy, I think his name's Marcus, excuse me, Luke Perry or Luke something is the um, child actor's name. Noah Jupe. Noah, Noah Jupe. I, 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 my bad. Yes. Um, so we just had some technical difficulties. Um, my internet dropped and now you can hear my dogs barking, but my internet dropped and I was gone for about 12 minutes while you two were keeping up with that thrilling conversation only to realize for that you were talking to yourselves for 12 minutes. Nobody could hear a damn word coming out of your mouth. Um, so we're going to go ahead and pick it up where we left off. I'll let you guys continue so I can figure out where in the movie we are. So I think where we are in the movie is uh, the son is locked himself and the baby in the steel tube. Um, after finding Emmett, a.k.a. Killian Murphy's dead wife, he stumbled. is like, oh, oh I not, forgot about that. <laughs> this kid was messing up every opportunity he got. Couldn't put the ball in play in the game. <laughs> gets, gets his leg on the bear trap and screams forgot to leave the towel in so that the lo- thing doesn't lock itself like d- dude was just messing up left and right yeah chuck is laying the wood down on noah jupe right now basically saying he's worthless and i wish i had more to say in his defense uh he he had the quintessential I'm not going to call this a horror movie because it's that'd be a bit much, but the character making a stupid decision, horror movie. True. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to mom said, stay down there with the baby. I'm going to go explore the flashlight on my own. Looked up the window with binoculars and what, what the hell am I going to find with what a dead leg? By the do? way, with one leg, I'm going to go yeah. climbing through this abandoned factory. I'd never been caught in a bear trap before. I know for a fact I'm laying in bed as long as they let me. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that all goes wrong. The mom makes her grocery trip, which was, we Chuck and I said, a lot more tense than it feels like a grocery trip trip should have been when she was. Yeah. Um, oh, and real quickly, my first tear in the movie, not sure if this is already in the recording or not, because it's what we were saying. <laughs> is when Emily Blunt gives her ring up to the cross of her fallen child and just <sighs> first tier of the movie, not full blown, no bawling, no bawling, just first tier, first moment of, okay, here we go. Um, just to be quick about it. And then she's on her way back as uh, uh, the, the boy and the baby crawl into the uh, smelting chamber with no oxygen. Yeah. Um, quick, Props to John Krasinski for making three consecutive storylines work. That's not easy to do. It's it's hard to jump back between two different storylines, but to have three sort of going at the same time, um, it'd be easy to feel a little bit lost, but I, I never felt that. I, I, I thought that flowed very well. Yeah. Uh, so now we're at the point where um, – so the point we're at now is uh, Emily Blunt has defeated the creature, the initial creature that was kind of attacking them. Um, so it's the next morning um, on the little island where Killian Murphy and Millicent were with Demon Hunsu. Um, 
Killian Murphy's just waking up, taking a walk on the beach. Man, it's a nice day. What? There was a creature on a boat that was floating away in the chaos when they were at the marina. And he sees that same boat wash up on the island. Yep. So he starts taking off and everyone's like, what's going on? He's like, it's here. It's here. Ah!" And then they're (laughs) like, what? And then people start getting murked. Alien comes out and these people had been living a cushy life. They are not used to prepared and they start getting taken out. Um, Demon Hunsu takes his kid. Gra- Killian Murphy grabs a kid and then Demon Hunsu grabs his kid, put him in a little closet. Um, and <laughs> I, they- I, have two, I have two things, Chuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> One, yeah. the kid he grabs and then sticks in the closet. Literally no expression. On his face <laughs> the entire time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's just blankly staring at all times, and it threw me off. It was it was fun, uh, but anyway, this might be my most egregious complaint about the movie. They show up to hoity-toity, happy Lottie Do Island. She has the ability to send this broadcast out. She knows why she's there, and Killian Murphy knows why she's there. Why the hell do they spend, I don't know how many freaking hours on this island without going immediately to the radio broadcast center? Like, uh, what am I, we're just hanging out now. We're safe, I guess. I guess the, the, the ability to be safe. Well, they've been up since who knows how long because this all took place in one day. This is, They're presumably. Because I'm presuming they didn't get any sleep on the boat. This is fair enough, but, like, her mom's still out. Like, they're on a timeline. Like, they know they're – that's easily my biggest complaint on the movie. I still love the movie. That – the moment they got there, I want them to go immediately to the broadcast center. I'm like, I don't don't understand what's happening. I don't understand, you know. And then everything that ensues from there, I'm like, what the hell are you – what are you doing? Why why have you not done this? How much time had passed before they arrived on the boat, and then they realized that that Christopher Columbus alien had taken the Santa Maria to the island, too? <laughs> it's not that long, because, like, they wash up at night, yeah. so presumably they get there, and then they eat and fall asleep. They had that little conversation on the around the fire, and because um, Demon Hunsu is the guy in charge of the radio station. So presumably they're on his time line. Whenever – if he's like, I'm going to go to bed, you're not getting in the radio station. That's it. You know what I mean? Fair enough. They have no urgency in their entire voice or – But they also don't think – they're not like, oh, yeah, Emily Blunt and Noah Jupe are in immediate danger. They think they're in the safe underground part of the foundry. Like they just – they didn't think, oh, yeah, my brother's going to go up and do some dumb crap and – a tr- you know what I mean? How do you pronounce that actor's name? Is it Jimon? Jimon Hunsu, I believe, is the, pro- is the pronunciation. I, I think Chuck's right, but I've done it 75 different ways in the last 14 years. I appreciate when um, editors of movies, of movie trailers, make you believe that somebody is going to have a much bigger role in a movie. And, you know, you think, I right, this is the main character. Nah, he's in he's in this movie for all of four minutes, four and a half minutes, maybe ten minutes. Rick, Rick, no he's way. the he's the fifth biggest character. It, he doesn't have like you have the baby. He has like four minutes of screen time, but introduced to to death is probably like ten minutes. It was it was very quick. I thought this dude. I mean, based off the trailer, and I know trailers, you know, I aren't the entire movie. I'm like. Oh, yeah, this dude's going to be Killian's, like, boy throughout this movie. I was waiting for this guy to show up for so long. I'm like, oh, my God, where is he? And then he shows up, and as quickly as he came into the movie, he left. Two things about that. One, speaking of trailer tricks, this the scene of Killian Murphy, like, running and, like, screaming, they definitely played that like that was in the preview. Like, that was in the yeah. um, flashback. So for them to do that, I thought was cool. And uh, secondly, you know, uh, 
not to be that guy, but like really brought in a black guy just to kill him 10 minutes into the later. Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> in, in such a predictable fashion too. Like, I, I got to go back. No, don't go out there. Boom. Drag from underneath the garage door. Gone. Never see him again. Yeah. It's like, Although he had some pretty heroic driving to get to that radio station. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> He he didn't serve any real story purpose. Just getting you know? him to the radio station. That was that was yep. that was literally it. That I have I it, I hate to do this with this movie because I love this movie. Imagine if they show up to the island and that boat had shows up an hour after them, and he, he had the urgency to also go. Oh no, you have a way to save other people. Let's urgently get to the radio station. And then the alien shows up during the night and starts murking everybody. And he hears the call that, oh, no, we've got someone on this. And he has to go out and try to – and he sacrifices himself in the town while these two are able to broadcast to the rest of the world. And eventually he gets killed, and the alien comes towards them. Not not to rewrite because it's – what. That might take longer too. I just I compliment the movie on being a tight nine one hundred and ten minutes, but and also the struggle you're describing is exactly what happens to Emily Blunt and mm-hmm. the kid back in the old foundry. In what do you terms mean? Of, because they are getting hunted by the alien. So it, what Chuck's trying to say is you no. had two different storylines of them both getting hunted simultaneously. Is that what you were trying to say, Chuck? Yeah. Okay. Um, That's Dan, what we got. What are you talking about? That's exactly no, what we got. But you had this moment of like – We so, got the – no, 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 no. We got the, 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 the mother and the son being hunted at the exact same time that we got the Killian Murphy and the daughter being hunted by the that, – that's what we got in the movie. What I'm saying is it wouldn't be that. It would be those two getting hunted specifically by one monster while one monster – attacks the town that Jimon Huntsu is responsible for. So he decides to leave and go back and defend his hometown and sacrifice himself while that happens, while that these two are able to broadcast to the world. But for a brief moment, you have this contrast where it's Emily Blunt and her son very much struggling, and then you go over to Killian and um, Millicent Simmons, and they're like – it, they have this realization that oh my god there's this whole safe haven and it, i i liked that contrast a bit um and i the, the the only thing i would disagree with is i i liked how it didn't happen right away they didn't, they didn't go straight from the island to the radio station because killian murphy's whole thing was there's no one here we're saving everything's everything's gone and then he has this realization we're like wait a second there's this whole there's all these people here and it's normal. And he has that moment where he's like sitting on the bench and he just like, can't believe it. So I, I like that. I, are we, I think we're talking about different, somewhat different times in the movie. When the struggle of getting. No, no, we're not talking about your hypothetical, Dan. We're not talking about that. He's saying that you said, like when they arrive on the boat yes, that you would want it so that like an hour after they arrive on the boat, like in movie time and well, not in movie time, but like in, you know, their time, yeah. the monster starts attacking. Right. Instead of it being like a whole, like it t- from, from, from it going to, to nighttime to dawn. Right. Sure. Yes. Ricky's saying Killian Murphy's character needs time to appreciate Mm-hmm. That these people are not like the people they just saw in the docks. That these people are there to give him war- – because he said people aren't worth saving. I'm giving up on the world. So for him to meet these people and realize this isn't like, oh, they're they're trying to trick you, it's – I completely disagree with your entire thought process on the movie as far as <laughs> – as, as those people are the ones worth saving, He he is specifically talking about – the daughter, that she has taught him that there are people worth saving because these people didn't live in the world that they've grew up. You know, this new world, they've been there since day one or two he had talked about. 
they they've only always been safe. They're they don't know the new world. She grew up, not grew up, but she's lived in this new alien world and is also worth saving. She's like her dad. She she has changed him. These, in my opinion, those people didn't do anything for him except for having a safe place to live. And exactly, but that's that's what he's trying to say is that like he's given up on the world. He's saying mm-hmm. the world will never be good again. It it's over. We even if Millicent is a good person in this world, the world itself is it's gonna like you. How are we supposed to get back to normal? And by getting to this island and seeing that these people have been living a normal life, even knowing the threat was out there, is like, okay, I might one day be able to get to this place. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I'm fighting for. I'm not fighting for, you know, not just Millicent, but all people to do this. Okay. That's. All right. Oh, I mean, All right, we're not going to win this battle. And we've been talking for like who knows how long because of the radio interruption. End of the movie. Let's just get there. I'm sorry. Like, we've been doing this a long time. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, end of the movie. Uh, she, um, the alien busts into the radio station while they're kind of navigating their way to the broadcast room. They. Barely make it there. The alien's about to attack Millicent. Then Killian Murphy makes a noise to distract it. So it starts going after him, hits his leg, clips him a little bit. Then she activates it. And at the same time, the an alien at the foundry was about to murk Emily and Noah Jupe, the kids. That's when Millicent activates the signal. They both start writhing in pain. You get this moment of both Millicent and uh, Noah Jupe walking forward, and Noah Jupe shoots. Millicent uses a melee weapon of some sort to kill. I believe it's ENT conduit. A a javelin (laughs) or something that she stabs that thing with or smacks. I can't remember what she did. It's definitely conduit through the head because it has wires sticking out. That's my promise. (laughs) And then that's how the movie ends. That's how the movie ends on this hopeful note of like, we did it as, uh, as abrupt of an end as the first one, because the first one ends sort of like in the middle that you feel of like an action scene. And this one sort of ended the same way. I, I liked the ending of this. I I liked how it ended with both the kids stepping up, especially Noah, man. Noah, like Chuck, you mentioned, couldn't do a goddamn thing right throughout this entire movie. He looked like he, I mean, as afraid as you could look throughout the entire movie. He was always like wet for some reason, whether it was sweat or water. And then for him to kind of step up there, I got chills, got chills a bit. I liked it. The, the 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 closing sequence of them two stepping up and establishing I don't think they're definitely they're not nervous anymore. You know? Mm-mm. They feel confident in their control over these new beings now. You know, they've they figured it out. Yeah. And you could see it in their, you know, in their uh mannerisms. It it worked. It completely worked. Yeah, I agree. Did you guys um I hate comparing movies to their prequels or sequels, but where does this like where does this rank in comparison to the first one for you? Do you think it was better? Did you enjoy it more? Or will you go first, Chuck? Um, it's really hard. They're really about the same to me. Um, I would say the first one's just a hair above this, just a hair, maybe two. Who knows? But they're hair length apart. I think it's a great movie. It's a very good movie. The first is significantly better in my opinion still. You know, I think I, when I, I walked away, when I left the theater, I was pretty sure that I enjoyed this more than the first one. Um, and then I watched the first one um, last night. And my God, that movie is – it's so good. I n- Taking nothing away from the sequel, I think it's very good for a sequel. But the first one, in my opinion, is – is 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 a little bit better. It's the world. It, it's something about these types of thriller 
establishing the world versus living through the next phase of the world isn't as much fun. You know, you want to you want to learn what the hell is going on. And that first movie does it so perfectly. Well, I think that's about everything we can say about A Quiet Place 2. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, do we do we want to do trivia? I have I have it. That's all. That's all I have to say is I, I have it. If, if I'll, I'll, it. I'll, I'll do it. We can be quick about it. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll be fast. You got box office. You got I don't know twenty five seconds or whatever. Let's see how fast you guys can do this. You have Ninth Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian, Solo, a Star Wars war, a Star Wars story, and uh, Spider Verse. Oh. 20 seconds, go. My instinct is Spider-Verse solo, or Spider-Verse Night at the Museum solo. I'm, uh, that was what I was thinking. Okay, let's go with it. Spider-Verse Night at the Museum solo. Eh, the correct answer is Night at the Museum, $413 million. Solo, $392 million. And Spider-Verse, $375 million. Hmm. Um, Disappointing. Next is name the actor. I have movies for you. I'm going to give you a first two and then one, one, one after that. Um, Transcendence and Tron Legacy. Got 25. We're, we're on a time tonight, apparently. You know, it's 30, 30 Wait, from now. Go. What are we trying to guess? The actor. Okay. In both of these movies and then the following three movies. Subsequently, I know I need uh, another movie. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Um, you know that main character's name is so forgettable. The main actor's name in in Tron Legacy, Garrett something, but it's probably not him. Let me go with um, Martin. Sh- no, yeah, Tr- Mar- Chuck's done. Um, Red Eye <laughs> is number three. Oh, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy is the correct answer. He's literally got the smallest role in Tron Legacy, too. Yes, he does. I'm working through these first two now, Chuck, after what you've done to me. So have fun with that. Um, Next was In the Heart of the Sea, which I should have done number three instead of Red Eye because there's only like four people in Red Eye. And then Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises was my number five. Mm. All three of them. Um, Last one is uh, Ricky's favorite. Name the actor based on the co-stars. So... Jack Black, Chris Hemsworth are your first two. All righty. Uh, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Ben Stiller. It is not. Any checks? Any uh, guess, Ricky? Miranda Cosgrove. How about that, Ricky? No, no, no. it's not. It's not. No, it's not Miranda Cosby. Dude, I couldn't get School of Rock off my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, next is Amy Adams. Hmm. Um. Uh, Melissa McCarthy. Nope. Dude, I'm trying to think of Chris Hemsworth movies, man. Um. Wow, Josh Peck. I can't get Nickelodeon stars off my head. Now I'm thinking of Red Dawn, the remake, dude. I'm sorry, I'm panicking. <laughs> I'm not even gonna give a response to that. Um, uh, Benicio del Toro. That is your last actor, and then we go into movies. Um. Oh, it's um. Oh, who who plays Thanos? Josh Brolin. Uh, is it Josh Brolin? Nope. Oh. Okay, my Josh, only other. Give one guess. Yeah, my um, guess is uh, uh, Tessa Thompson. It is not Tessa Thompson. Um, I will give you a movie. This is not correlated to a specific person, but you might figure it out. It is The Huntsman 2 Winter's Warriors or whatever the hell it is? Winter's War? Something like that, yeah. Oh my god, it's not Kristen Stewart, is it? It is not. That's your, that's your guess, Chuck. You wasted I, it. 
I don't I don't never seen the movie. I don't have a guess. The next movie is Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> never that's seen this the Jack. Movie. That's the Jack Black movie. It is a Jack Black movie. I don't know. I've never seen it. Ready for the next movie? Yeah. Yeah. Sunshine Cleaning. What is with these movies, man? That is a phenomenal movie that I'm never sure Chuck it. has seen. I have not. You've never seen? Oh, good. I might have. I might finally get you. Yeah, probably because I get. I haven't seen like half these movies. <laughs> All these movies. I've never seen Huntsman: Winter's War. I've never seen Gulliver's Travels, and I haven't seen this. So let's see what the other movie is. <laughs> Sicario. Well, that's the Benicia del Toro. Yeah, so that's is that Emily Blunt? It is Emily Blunt. Oh my God! I went so with he, two quiet oh, place too. I'm mad for actors. not thinking about that. Sunshine Cleaning Chuck is one of the best regarded movies of the 2000s. It's, that should easily be within Chuck's repertoire. I've literally and, never heard of it until you said it. What? Yeah, never heard of it until now. It's unbelievable. It's a phenomenal movie. John Lucas Amazon. John. Leguizamo, phenomenal in it. it. That's Amy Adams' like breakout role, man. That's like one. That's like where she really. It's like 2008 or nine. It's not. It's uh, the first. The first movie I saw Amy Adams in was uh, Ella Enchanted. I don't know what to tell you, man. That might, that might have been before Sunshine Cleaning, but that's a little different. Yeah, they might have been the same year. I don't know, yeah. but I just remember <laughs> seeing that uh, instead of uh, and Fred Claus. It was an odd year. Fred Claus is good. I actually like Fred Claus. I'm a, I'm a Fred Claus fan. But uh, that's that's trivia for you. I'm I'm pretty out with my Emily Blunt there. Yeah. Chuck Sunshine Cleaning put on your list. It's it's absolutely up your alley. I promise. I don't doubt it. Well, this was quite the episode, gentlemen. Between all of us just being stuck in uncomfortable heat and my internet going out. Um, it's been a wild ride, but we'll be back next week. Um, we are going to be reviewing Loki. The first episode of the Loki series premieres on Wednesday, Disney plus we're going to be watching that. I'm very excited for this. I don't know if you guys saw what Kevin Feige said, but he said that this series is going to have the biggest impact on the MCU out of any other piece of content that they've done so far, which is like crazy to think about. Um, this is one of the, the thing the Disney Plus series I was looking forward to the most. I don't know about you guys, but of all the ones they announced that were releasing this year, this was number one on my list. Is What If this year? Because What If's still mine. That's still my one. Yeah, I almost didn't include What If because it's not a part. Like, it's. It's, yeah, it's, all, it's, it's all. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like its own little standalone thing. But Yeah. But yeah Fair so enough. We'll, we'll be back with that next week. Do you guys have anything you want to say before we sign off? No, uh, just looking forward to Loki. We've got a summer of great movies coming. I can't wait. I'm going to rewatch once Sunshine Cleaning. Um, and the words I'll leave you guys with are watch out for bear traps and loose nails. There's one thing the two movies have taught us. Loose nails and bear traps. Watch out for them. Um, but we will catch you guys next week.